do the Florida Gators finally have a comfortable quarterback situation? We're going to talk about it today on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Tuesday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole Line Sports and Giants Country of SI.com. Today's episode of Lockdown Gators is sponsored by Simply Safe Home Security with Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe 24 7 monitoring agents capture evidence to accurately verify a threat for faster police response. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Visit simplysafe.com slash lockdown college to learn more. Um, Weird Tuesday episode, no tape Tuesday, because I can't get the tape in time with uh, the game being on Sunday. It, it just ain't getting here quick enough for me to be able to do tape Tuesday. So no tape, tape, no tape Tuesday this week, but don't worry about that. We still got a great show. Uh, we're talking about, first off, how to keep Anthony Richardson rolling, because it kind of all plays into itself, this quarterback room, Anthony Richardson, the depth. We'll talk about the depth a bit later, but right now it's about how to keep Anthony Richardson rolling and in a rhythm. First of all, I think the Florida Gators have to keep the deep pass as a focal point of the offense. You know, Utah, Kentucky, South Florida, we didn't really see them open up much deep down the field vertically. And, you know, against Utah and even Kentucky to an extent, it was you won't win these games turning the ball over. Uh, Anthony Richardson didn't turn the ball over against Utah. He did against Kentucky and, you know, you won a close game against Utah and you lost by 10 against Kentucky, where really, if you take away the picks and if you take away the poor plays from Anthony Richardson, you probably win that game against Kentucky. But when you look at Tennessee and Eastern Washington, yes, Florida went one and one in those games, lost a tight game to Tennessee, handedly defeated Eastern Washington. And the deep pass were a focal point there. And yes, you could argue Tennessee secondary, not amazing. Tennessee's defense is a very aggressive defense, so they leave a lot of one-on-one coverage. And, you know, Florida can exploit those one-on-ones. Florida did exploit those one-on-ones. You look at that fourth and two conversion, um, I believe it was 30-ish yards to Justin Shorter deep downfield. You could argue the talent gap against Eastern Washington. What you can't argue is that when Anthony Richardson drops back in the pocket, and he's got deep passing opportunities, he looks very comfortable back there. That is when he looks the most comfortable. When he's like, okay, I have freedom to uncork a long ball here if I need to. We need him to work on completing and taking the check down when they're there. But so far, looking for the deep ball is a fine thing that he's done. Uh, Accurate. He's looked more accurate when he throws the deep ball, and he looks more comfortable, obviously. Accurate passes can be incomplete passes, so I, I'm not going to argue completion percentage with anybody. Florida's had a few drops this year, uh, but I, so I'm not going to argue completion percentage with a single soul. But I will say that Anthony Richardson's placement looks better when he's got more freedom to take the deep shot if he wants to. 
working in play action has to be another focal point of this offense, continuing to work in play action and not the play action that has Anthony Richardson turning his back to the defense. He's just not good when he does that. There, There's quarterbacks where they're good at some things, they're not good at others, and, and it could be like a quirky thing like this play action. Anthony Richardson is better when he gets to keep the full field in front of him and he doesn't have to worry about, am I about to get hit as I'm handing this ball off or right after I hand this ball off? Do I have to scramble immediately? He's better when he gets to see everything in front of him and keep it in front of him, and that's fine. Again, some quarterbacks are better at certain things than others, and Anthony Richardson is one of those quarterbacks where – He's better when he gets to see the whole field in front of him. So, and again, I don't care if it's him rolling out or not. I do think rolling out helps him a bit, primarily because he gets to take off and run if he wants to, but defenses have, they've spied him and they've done a good job of that. Kentucky did a fantastic job of spying Anthony Richardson and shutting down those rollout attempts. And Florida hasn't done a good job of getting open deep. So, you could argue whatever you want, but whether you want to keep rolling out or not rolling out, I think that depends on how the defense will adjust to things. Um, especially when you look at the play action, the Florida Gators rushing attack has been consistent and they've been explosive. The Florida Gators rushing attack has done a fantastic job of picking up chunk play after chunk play, whether it's Montreal Johnson, Trevor Etienne, not so much Naquan Wright, but he has been getting better as the season goes on. And I mean, I think still it's that ankle hampered him heavily early on i do think that we should see him pick up a little more explosive plays and if not maybe work out of the rotation um ricky pearsall's explosive play just having the rushing threat has been fantastic for the florida gators and running that play action you freeze up the defense for a fraction of a second and you could open up a passing window that's very wide you look at someone like ricky pearsall if you sleep on him for a fraction of a second you're toast Maybe not so much Xavier Henderson or Justin Shorter, but I mean, that still opens up that deep passing attack where maybe you get a little bit of a step on them and you can open up a deep pass with Justin Shorter primarily deep down the sideline. Xavier Henderson has been very good at crossing routes. All that stuff, you, that play action opens that up. You look, you can look at the first play from scrimmage against Eastern Washington for the Florida Gators. They were in the play action, that deep safety bit in. Justin Shorter house call. It, it was wide open because that deep safety bit in on a play action because that's what you would expect to see against the Florida Gators. The third thing that I think you have to do in order to keep Anthony Richardson rolling and productive and on this hot streak that he's on and, and allow him to continue to build that confidence, Keon Zipperer. That's who needs to be involved in this Florida Gators passing attack. He has been dynamite this season. He has. He's been Easily the best pass-catching tight end on the roster. Fourth most catches on the team behind only Justin Shorter, Xavier Henderson, Ricky Pearsall. Fourth most yards on the team behind only Justin Shorter, Xavier Henderson, Ricky Pearsall. Second most yards after catch behind only Xavier Henderson. And a lot of that is just, you know, wide receiver screen picking up four or five yards total. But that's another six to seven yards after the catch. But for the most part, and also yards after the catch per catch, Keon Zipper has been that guy. Also, when you just look at look at receivers who have been involved in the offense, even somewhat consistently, players with five targets or more. We'll, we'll say that that's a very easy number to hit, five targets or more. Anthony Richardson has a 103.7 passer rating when targeting Keon Zipper. 
That's the second highest on the team behind only Ricky Pearsall. So, I mean, Keon Zipperer and Anthony Richardson have a chemistry. There is no denying that, whether it's crossing routes, corners, posts, whatever it is, Keon Zipperer has been a, a bit of a, it's not even a safety blanket because it hasn't been short passes that Keon Zipper has been, been eating up on. It's been passes in the intermediate range, that 10 to 20 range, outside the hashes too. So Keon Zipper, Anthony Richardson, clearly a chemistry, um, a level of comfort for Anthony Richardson. And that's the thing that we've been talking about so much with AR specifically is building that comfort. That's something that he clearly has struggled with. He's gotten in his own head multiple times. So building that comfort, Keon Zipper is that guy. So I think that you have to keep him involved in the offense and, and again, he's just been the most consistent pass-catching tight end on the roster. We know that we've seen multiple tight ends play now at this point, but Keon Zipper has been the only one that Anthony Richardson has been able to consistently get into a rhythm with, and so I think you've got to keep him on the field as, as often as possible. Whether you're going 11 personnel, 12 personnel, 13 personnel, he's got to be one of those tight ends on the field there. Now we're about to talk, take a look at just the quarterback room in general, Anthony Richardson, Jalen Kitna, Jack Miller III, all that fun stuff. But first, a quick word from Simply Safe because the numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something, right? At least Simply Safe. Your safety is the only thing that matters, and I know this because I use Simply Safe in my own home. They protect you with cutting-edge security technology powered by 24/7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. And I mean, I love it because I was on vacation one day, got a notification that someone was by my house. It was a false alarm. It was a kid getting a ball. But you. The point remains, but because I was able to check in from my phone, see security cameras, I at least knew that I was protected. You can customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash lockdown college. You save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash lockdown college to learn more. Remember, there's no safe like Simply Safe. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Looking at this quarterback room, I mean, just going through, dating back to the offseason, we'll date back to January, we'll say. Emory Jones is transferring out. Anthony Richardson is is the um, presumed starter. Jack Miller III is transferring in, and this is a quarterback competition. Spring comes, AR dominates the battle. Fall ball. AR is dominating. Jack Miller's got a hurt thumb. He's still on the mend from that. And then as the season gets on, you know, you see South Florida, Kentucky, Anthony Richardson not using his legs a ton. It's not a thing that he's been doing often. And then Eastern Washington happens, and Anthony Richardson wrapped up at the ankle, completes the pass, but he's on the ground. Jalen Kidna comes in. Jalen Kidna's first time playing college football. Jalen Kidna, of course, his dad is a fairly long time backup quarterback, John Kitna. Um, and Jalen Kitna comes in eight for 12 passing 152 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. And when you watch the game, especially when you watch Jalen Kitna's time in that game, which I mean, I'd imagine most of us have watched multiple times now. It was fun to see. Um, it's hard to tell if Jalen Kitna is the type of quarterback that just likes the deep ball whether he just likes to lock in on Caleb Payday Douglas, who clearly 
he's got some kind of chemistry with. Uh, or if Jalen Kitna just knew, you know, we're playing Eastern Washington. Playbook's pretty wide open right now. I, I, I'm going to take some deep shots. And Jalen Kitna did just that. He threw the ball deep often with it. And he was also accurate whenever he was throwing the ball. Um, and again, this is one of those things where you can say it was Eastern Washington, but you can also say some of those were tight window throws that he was at least comfortable making. So it's one of those situations where as a quarterback, you, you like it. You, you like having that confidence to throw those tight window throws and you like having the confidence with your receivers and the comfort with your receivers to come down with those passes. Uh, that was something that he showed. Caleb Douglas, he targeted three times, all three times around go routes, came down with one of them, scored a touchdown on it. Other two contested and Caleb Douglas didn't come down with them, but it was still comforting to see like, okay, he's willing to just let it fly here. And you love to see that. Uh, less than 20 yards downfield, Jalen Kitna went six for seven passing with 70 yards, great accuracy, great consistency in that short time. And it's clear when you watch Jalen Kitna play against Eastern Washington, and even dating back to watching him in high school, confidence is not an issue for Jalen Kitna. Uh, it, it's just not an issue at all. He could be a great depth quarterback immediately. And when Anthony Richardson decides to declare for the NFL draft, I think we could all agree that Jalen Kitna should at least be in that, I mean, assuming there's going to be a quarterback battle, Jalen Kitna should at least be in that quarterback battle with next year, it'll be Jack Miller III, Jalen Kitna, Max Brown will probably be involved, um, although he'll probably be a distant third. Uh, Marcus Stokes will be in that conversation. I don't think we'll really see much of Anders or Angle if they still have remaining eligibility at that point. With COVID years, it's just so wild. Um, but I think Jalen Kitna should be in that conversation with Jack Miller the uh, third, and again Marcus Stokes, Max Brown, all those guys. I think Jalen Kitna deserves to be at least in that conversation. However, you have to look at a more, more uh, now. I will say now mindset of it where. The first few games, going back, Anthony Richardson was not using his legs a ton. Against Utah, he did. But against South Florida and Kentucky, not so much. Um, he, he just wasn't being aggressive with his legs. However, Anthony Richardson and Billy Napier himself even said part of that lack of aggression with running the football with Anthony Richardson, part of that lack of usage with Anthony Richardson's legs Part of that was because quarterback depth. You know, we've, we've spent the first almost half of the season now with Jack Miller III dealing with a thumb injury in his throwing hand. And again, like I, I realized I've been asked about when's Jack Miller coming back? I don't know because I think the biggest thing with getting a thumb injury in your throwing hand is being able to actually grip the football. And I'm not in that medical room or trainer room, whatever you want to call it. I'm not there. So... I can't tell you. Um, I can tell you that it's all about getting that grip strength back. And until he can do it, he's not going to. He's not been cleared for contact, if I'm not mistaken yet. So we're still looking at that. But with Jack Miller the third being, I mean, he's looking like he'll be back any game now, right? Uh, he's been questionable for the past two games. Hasn't played, but he's been questionable. You look at Jalen Kitna looking at least serviceable. I realize that a lot of us are going to get 
over our heads with, oh, my, Jalen Kidd is the future at quarterback. You know, he's got size. He's got the arm. He, he's got the brain. His dad was an NFL quarterback. He's obviously capable of doing all this. Um, let's rein it in a little bit. But you can at least look at Jalen Kidd and say, he looks like he could at least be serviceable in this offense. Like, like the offense schematically didn't change a ton when Anthony Richardson was in there or when Jalen Kitna was in there. So you can say Jalen Kitna could operate in this offense fairly effectively. Um, and then you go back to Anthony Richardson and it's like, well, now that depth is not as much of a concern, it's still definitely a concern. But as now that depth isn't as big or as major of a concern for the Florida Gators offense and quarterback room, do you open things up? I think yes. I, I think that, you know, when you've got Missouri coming up, you've got LSU coming up, you've got Georgia coming up, you've got A&M coming up. I think you look at this offense and you say, we're at our best when Anthony Richardson is throwing the ball deep and we're at our best when Anthony Richardson is running the football. So let's do that. Like now we need to be our best. It's nut up or shut up time. You've got two losses on the year already. You're likely not going 10 and two, despite the weaknesses that Georgia has shown and A&M and LSU and, and all these things. You're likely not going 10 and two, but nine and three, eight and four, very possible, very possible. And that was always the thing going into the season was, you know, at least here, we were like, this is an eight or nine win team. Now you can really be at your best. You can let Anthony Richardson use him in the best way possible. Deep balls, quarterback runs, give him scrambling freedom, option plays, whatever it is. Let Anthony Richardson use his arm and let Anthony Richardson use his legs. Don't worry about quarterback depth anymore. You know that you've at least got a serviceable quarterback. And I, I think that you have to accept that where Jack Miller III was in the quarterback competition for a bit. Jalen Kitna has now at least opened the door at QB2. You should feel a little tiny bit of comfort with Anthony Richardson saying, go do what you need to do to win these football games because we need to win these games in Florida. Uh, so go there and, and be more aggressive. Don't worry about, you know, well, we, we have a lack of quarterback depth. Now you've got a guy that you're somewhat comfortable with in Jack Miller III and another guy where you've seen him play and he's got no confidence issue in Jalen Kitna. So I think with Anthony Erickson, you open the playbook up completely at this point and the Florida Gators offense could climb up, especially in a year where their defense has been lackluster. We'll say we're about to talk about the youth movement happening in Gainesville, but first a quick word from Bill Barr, because if you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, just know you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And there's a new flavor, delicious, indulgent cookie dough. It's covered in chocolate. It, it's amazing. I'm a big, I'm a big cookie dough guy. I always have been. I will eat it raw, and I won't feel bad about that at all. And Built Bar's done it again. And if you've listened to the show before, you know I've got a hardcore sweet tooth. I especially do love cookie dough chunk puffs. It's a protein marshmallow. Uh, that that should sell you right there. 160 calories with 15.15 grams of protein in them. Sprint right now to built.com to get a box for you and the family. Go to built.com, use promo code locked on 15 and get 15% off. That's a new code, by the way, locked on 15. To wrap up today's show, we're talking about the youth movement in Gainesville. We've seen quite a few Gators play. I think that's the thing that everybody is in agreement on that 
it's a breath of fresh air under Billy Napier compared to Dan Mullen that young players will play. It's not just seniority. It's young players will play. We've seen that. We saw Prince Liam and Mialine, who's a young player himself, but he got benched for Justice Boone, who's an even younger player because Prince Lee wasn't living up to the hype, who, by the way, Prince Lee played a dang good football game on Sunday. Um, but we've seen a lot of Gators play. We've seen a lot of Gators line up. And against Eastern Washington, we saw a ton of young players play. I believe it was 81 Gators played uh, at least one snap on Sunday, whether you're talking offense, defense, special teams. Um, but now you're at a point where it's SEC play. It was fun to see all the young guys play against FCS team Eastern Washington, but now you're in straight SEC play until, uh, I believe it's straight SEC play until the Florida State game now. So you're now looking at, well, Florida Gators are, you need to win every game at this point. It, It is win or go home time for the Florida Gators. So treat every game like it is a playoff game. And there's four Gators, I think, that we saw, four young Gators, I think, that we saw that should play more throughout the remainder of the season, whether they're shortly or slowly eating more snaps or they just straight jump into it. First one has to be Kamari Wilson. You have to talk about Kamari Wilson at safety. He played 64 snaps on Sunday, which is the most of any Gator in any phase of the game. So Kamari Wilson, the most snaps played by any Florida Gator on Sunday. He definitely needs work in coverage. That's still a clear thing. That was something that we knew coming out of IMG with Kamari Wilson. It's like, hey, he, he's going to be a headhunter, body snatcher, whatever you want to call him. He's going to do that, but he needs work and coverage. He's primarily going to be a box safety early on. He at least showed the ability to patrol over top as a deep safety. Um, I mean, you look at the completion where it was a little uh, a corner post that I forgot the receiver but a corner post that they ran against Jason Marshall. I, I think it was cover three at the time, might have been quarters, but a uh, little corner post, and it was a completion, but Kamari Wilson threw his shoulder through this guy's rib cage and absolutely killed him with it. I held onto the ball again, but big, big completion there, big hit there for Kamari Wilson. And my biggest question, since we hadn't seen Kamari Wilson do it before going into this game, was how will he be used in coverage? Because... When he's been on the field this season, whether it's, you know, we're expecting a run or it's just how it happens, most of the times he's been on the field has been against a run. So it's interesting to see him playing coverage, and I think he did well. I do. Um, again, an aggressive mindset, not afraid to be a body snatcher. And with how both safeties have played this year, Rashad Torrance and Trey Dean, obviously primarily Trey Dean, but Rashad Torrance included, Kamari would be a welcoming uh steadying presence in the back end of this defense that has struggled so often. Uh, Rashad Torrance, by the way, did look more physical against Eastern Washington than any other game that we've seen. I don't know if, you know, we, we know that he got a little banged up against Kentucky. I don't know if he's feeling good now or if he was just confident against an, F- an FCS opponent, but Rashad Torrance played a, a more physical game than we've seen from him throughout really the entirety of the season so far. So glad to see him kind of getting back to 2021 form. Miguel Mitchell is another one who made his Gators debut on Sunday early on. I believe his first snap was his second snap from scrimmage for the Gators defense. Played a lot at the star position. Had a forced fumble against the run. Star production this year has not been great. And as whether you're talking about Trevez Johnson or Jadarius Perkins, star production hasn't been great. I don't think we see Miguel Mitchell play a ton for the remainder of the season, but I will say 
that it was a bit refreshing to see him out there. I think that this was kind of like, you know, this is one of the last chances you're going to get to play. So we'll do it early, we'll do it often, and we'll see kind of what we have. But I, I don't think Trevez or Jadarius are going to really lose that spot, or even Kamar Wilcoxon, who did play a decent amount on Sunday, and I think played fairly well. Um, which I, I think Kamar Wilcoxon looked better on Sunday than he looked in the spring game. I remember in the spring game saying he just looked uncomfortable out there. Maybe he shouldn't be playing there, but he looks more comfortable now in this defense. He looked a bit better on uh, Sunday than he did in the spring game. But this is about him. This is Miguel Mitchell, true freshman. I don't think he plays a ton for the rest of the season. But I think it's good to know that you have that option if Trevez Johnson and if Jadarius Perkins continue to struggle. Looking on the offensive side of the ball, Dejon Reynolds is the first guy that I'm talking about where this is his first time kind of being even really involved in the offense at all since the Utah game. Uh, Utah game, I think he had two targets. Um, nothing big, but playing, you know? Uh, and I think it's clear that when you watch Dejon Reynolds play, he, he's a pretty dynamic playmaker. He's got a little bit of juice that the Florida Gators haven't really had at receiver, so I wouldn't mind seeing him in on these, you know, sweeps, reverses, uh, wide receiver screens, whatever it is. I don't want it to be Xavier Henderson is my point. I think Dejon Reynolds should be the guy to kind of spell Xavier Henderson if it's not Jaquavian Frazier's, who I think should be stepping in for Justin Shorter whenever Justin Shorter takes a break. I think I think the second string receivers should maybe be Jaquavian Frazier's out wide in the slot, Trent Whitmore, and then the other outside receiver, Dejon Reynolds. We'll see if that's really what happens. But uh, I think with Dejon Reynolds, the biggest thing holding him back right now, he is just absolutely awful as a blocker. Whether you talk about aggressiveness, whether you talk about even desire and interest in blocking, whatever it is, Dejon Reynolds has been just bad as a blocker. Uh, and I think that's something that's holding him back because you lose explosive plays if your receivers aren't run blocking. That, that's what it is, or not even run blocking, just blocking after the catch. If your receivers aren't willing to block, you lose explosive plays. Those wide receiver screens, they work a lot better if you've got receivers that are active and aggressive blockers. Those wide runs work a lot better if you've got receivers that are blocking. Um, so I think that's something that might be one of the reasons we're not seeing Dejan Reynolds play a ton. Uh, and then at tight end, Jonathan Odom. I, I think he should be playing a bit more. Dante Sanders has been the starting Y tight end. The Y is primarily, not primarily the blocker, but he's supposed to be the better blocker of the bunch. Um, I don't expect that to change at all. Dante Sanders is still going to be the starting Y. Keon Zipper has, I think, definitively solidified himself as the best tight end on the team. But I do think that Jonathan Odom should rotate in with Sanders as the Y tight end. In his very very limited opportunities. Odom's been a pretty sound blocker. Um, I know, you know, his only significant time has been against Eastern Washington, but I'm talking more technique-wise, hand placement, and physicality-wise, Jonathan Odom has just been better than Dante Sanders, which, which shouldn't be, you know, a surprise to anybody. Dante Sanders, edge rusher turned tight end. He shouldn't have good technique. However, Jonathan Odom has, I think, been a better blocker than him in the limited opportunities he's had against, I mean, again, it was Eastern Washington, but against any opponents, I think Jonathan Odom has been better in a significantly smaller sample size. I don't think Jonathan Odom will play a ton, but he didn't play in weeks one or two against Utah or Kentucky. He played two snaps in week three against South Florida. He played two snaps in week four against Tennessee. He played, I believe it was 22 snaps against Eastern Washington. 
he should be seeing 8 to 10 snaps a game. And I don't think that's asking for a ton. I think he should be playing 8 to 10 snaps a game and, and just give him that opportunity to at least develop in actual game situations when you kind of know you're going to run the ball. Just just give him that opportunity. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Florida Gators football. We're going to take a look at Missouri, and we will be joined by Hayden Hansen. Check out Lockdown SEC now, hosted by Chris Gordy of Sports 790. Get the best coverage on the best conference, including the best university, the University of Florida, for your second listen of the day. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports and Giants Country of SI.com, and I'll see you all tomorrow.